Well, welcome to church, everybody, this morning. We're so glad you're here. Rather, it's here in person at the Dante or watching us online. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I get the privilege of introducing uh, a close, I, I would say friend, and he is a friend, but he's closer than that. He's a dear part. <laughs> I don't know, well up with tears all of a sudden. Uh, but he's a dear part of our family. Him and his wife, Amy, both have served uh, both Bethany and I in the, this church as well as our house of prayer for years. And um, I can't wait to hear from him, add to the conversation this morning. If you were with us uh, last Sunday, we uh, started a new series called Prayer, Praise, and Proclamation, a clear vision for the new year. And so we started off last Sunday talking about prayer, and hopefully you were able to watch that um, and, and really uh, lock in with us um, as we set off into uh, the new year as of January with kind of giving our attention, our effort, and our focus to certain um, core principles, I would call them, core things. Uh, they make up who we are, prayer, praise, and proclamation. You can actually um, watch the service and get a little backstory of how this all unfolded. And we're looking forward to continue uh, continuing and, and unfolding this, and Will is going to add to the conversation. Will you put your hands together, even at home, and welcome Will Eifler here. Uh, he has, I don't know, for some time now overseen worship, and I thought he would be the best candidate to um, lay out for us um, the subject of praise. And so um, if you would... Open your hearts and your ears to our precious brother, and uh, let's hear God's word unfolded. Amen. Thank you, sir. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, hey, it's COVID. Don't know we'll if leave that's it uh, legal Who knows? or whatnot. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for letting me speak. That's an honor, given the caliber of, well, I think, messages that come out of this place and come out of these uh, two amazing people who, uh, without which, I don't know what my wife and I would be doing in life. <laughs> And that means in every way. We're just so grateful for them. But let's just bow our heads for a second. Um, Brian, if you could uh, just give me a little more juice on the mic. Lord, we just thank you for this time. God, I just, I stand here as a servant of you, not somebody who knows very much at all in the grand scheme of things, Lord. But I ask you to give me uh, insight that is meant for our community that would help get us through difficult years and good years and everything in between. And Lord, that would set us up for what we're supposed to be doing for all of eternity. Lord, grace these words with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, like Daryl said, if you've not listened to the message, I encourage you, don't skip messages during this series. Go ahead, go back, listen to that message on prayer that Daryl gave. It is the thing that's going to keep us steadfast and holding on through hard times. And this is Another thing I wanted to talk about today was obviously praise. Um, so we talk about praise, we talk about worship, they overlap quite a bit. Um, so what I'm talking about today is more of the worship side, uh, the praise side of it. Um, I found this amazing uh, message by John Piper, everything he says seems to be quite good. Um, but uh, go listen, I encourage you, go listen to his two-part message, The Essence of Worship, or uh, they have a transcript of it if you want to read um, it's phenomenal, and it breaks down what worship is, how it works, um, and it will absolutely open your eyes. But I want to talk about something a little bit different today, and I'm going to call this message, what am I calling it? The power of exaltation. Very simple, 
Um, I wish I could do kind of like an exhaustive study of this whole thing and give you like the message on praise and worship. First of all, I don't think that's possible to do in half an hour. Second of all, uh, I don't even know if I can get through all these notes in half an hour as usual, but um, what I can do is give you what's on my heart. And that's usually the best thing to do, isn't it? So what I want to do, I actually want to um, dive into something that we do in our community groups. Who here is familiar with inductive Bible study? Raise your hands. Give a shout. Something. I love this method. It has transformed the way that I study the Bible. And um, I'm going to get this plugged in, and then you can turn on that thing. We're going to, I'm going to, speaking of John Piper, I'm going to completely rip off John Piper and do a little look at the book. Um, I'm going to butcher it and do it much worse than he does. Um, so we'll see how this really goes. Uh, but let's see here. So that should be plugged in now. Nice color bars. Those are fun. Yes, it's working. Okay. Daryl asked for this tech a long time ago, and I didn't figure it out for him. Now I'm doing it for myself. I literally had to call him to apologize. But um, now we have it, so that'll be cool. But this is the inductive study that I want to do. What you do with inductive study, if you're not familiar, is you observe, and then you interpret. That's something that would really help us out as the charismatic church these days, I think. We seem to get uh, one of those ahead of the other. Um, but we're going to just go through this really quickly because there's a lot of great things I want to get to today. But the first thing I want to do is actually get in the Word. So definitely look at the screen. I'm in the NIV. But if you want to look at your Bible or your phone in a different translation while we do this, you are more than welcome to do this. But we're going to look at what is happening in this scripture. First, we're going to read it. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through, tell it with me, all generations. All generations. One more time. All generations. So... We're going to start from the top again, and I'm going to let you take a look at the very first verse and see what you notice, but I am noticing some very clear things. Shout seems to be a command. All of this seems to be a command, actually, in this entire thing. For joy, very interesting word. I love that word. I think that's going to be important later on. To the Lord, all the earth. So this is everybody. It's very interesting to look at this as just the first verse, setting the tone. Shout, that means be expressive for joy. It's an emotion to the Lord, all the earth. That means everybody, nobody's excluded. Nobody's excluded from expressive, emotive praise and exaltation of God. Let's go on to verse two. Worship the Lord, good old word, worship, with gladness. Seems similar to joy. Come before him with joyful songs. So we're going to sing. So clearly we're supposed to sing. We're not just supposed to sit there. We're not supposed to just lay back and watch somebody else worship. All the earth is supposed to worship. All the earth is supposed to praise. So I think we're already getting something out of this. Um, <laughs> know that the Lord is God. Know is a key word. It is he who made us, and we are his. That's super important. 
We don't belong to ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And this is interesting. And his courts with praise. Praise and exaltation, those are very much the same thing. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Thanks is incredibly important. We saw that. Um, we saw that earlier with thanksgiving. For the Lord is good. I'm going to circle that. And his love endures forever. These are constants. They don't change. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now that's something to get you through 2021. Amen? Come on. 2020, 2021, 3000, the year, whatever it is to the Lord comes back, it'll get you through. All generations means all generations. All peoples means all peoples. It's very comprehensive. So, my observations, this is a command. Joy is central. Joy is a big part of this. It's all right here. Who God is and who we are. And that has everything to do with praise, everything to do with worship. It's everything that I am, everything I was created to do, giving glory to God, who he is in relation to who I am. I exalt him. That's, all, that's, that's the bottom line. I exalt the majesty and the supremacy of Christ. I want to go to interpretation now. This is, we've just observed things as they're written right here. This is a little more interpretive, but I see a pattern personally. If you start here, I should probably use different colors, but I can't be bothered. Okay, it's a little out of order, but down here in verse 5, I see the first step. God is good, and his love endures forever. This is a constant. This happens forever before and forever after anything that I would ever do. So it's going to probably be step one. He's just there. He's good. His love endures forever. Step two. Start, this is really in verse three and four. I'm just going to circle it and then I'm going to talk because I can't really do both of those very well. I recognize that God is good. I, I know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. I find out who I am and I recognize it. And from there, I enter his gates. That's, I, 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 spiritually speaking, I enter that holy city, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem of what it'll be in the end times. But right now is a spiritual reality for us that we can enter into via praise. So by giving thanks, I enter his gates and I enter his courts. That's the inner part where I get to interact with God. I'm not just on the outside anymore. I get to interact with the living God because I've exalted him. I've praised him. And then what is the result? Step three. This is just, again, this is interpretation. You can't really take this to the bank, but that's why it's a separate step. This for me is step three. What happens? I'm filled with joy. I express from the depths of my heart joy to God. This is so fun. God exists. And he's good forever, he's in, through all generations, no matter what. Secondly, I recognize it. Oh, I just moved it. Okay. I recognize it, and I come into his gates. I get to enter in to the holy of holies because I exalt the most holy one. And then the third one, I get filled up with joy. That's good news. Who needs joy in this year? Don't lie to me. 
come on. Praise the Lord. Rebuke the spirit of lying in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we can, uh, we can kill the slide. If you, let's see here. Get rid of that. You might have to hit clear or something. There we go. Perfect. Thank you so much, Andrew. Guys, give it up for Andrew. I appreciate that guy so much. All right. So, filled with joy. Remember where we ended now that the slide's not on the screen. Hopefully that scripture sticks in your brain. But if it didn't, guess what? It's a nice round number. Psalm 100. <laughs> Just remember it. 100. 100. Our generation, we love that. It's some emoji or something. So, remember it throughout the week. Go read it. It's only five verses. Surely you can do that. You can do that. I won't tell you when and where to do that. I know where, when and where I read things. I'm not going to get into the details. But um, that's enough time to be reading a scripture and meditate on it and get it in your system. And maybe do a little study. Maybe you'll find something different than what I did. We did a whole inductive study of the Psalms, by the way, a few months ago. And I could not believe how much Christology and how much Messianic prophecy was in Psalms I had never even noticed. Not the ones you've heard of. It's hidden in the depths of the Psalms of Asaph and, and uh, the sons of Korah and David in places you've not even read. You've got to do inductive study of those. It's amazing. So we just did it. We got into the word. And now I'm, gonna, I'm just going to talk about some of what this means for me. This is a personal story, and uh, I can feel the emotions coming on. Just, it's, it's funny, being in a pulpit, emotions come to you easily. It's amazing. Um, but it's just thinking of my dad, uh, his birthday was, uh, it, it was a week ago. Uh, he passed on eight years ago. But his birthday, he was supposed to be born on Christmas Day. That was his due date. And um, we lost him in the end of June of 2012. And uh, it was on a Thursday. And Daryl was there. He came up and he tried to get through this. <laughs> in that hospital room. This is cheesy. I shouldn't be <laughs> tearing up so much, but he, he sang worship songs, and we just worshiped God as he was dying, you know? And we got to have the most beautiful last two weeks. I shouldn't have put this in. <laughs> Too emotional. Um, but I remember I, that Thursday, I, I was, I'd just taken a job. It's ironic. I took this job leading a worship for a church right before Bethany's like go ahead do it it's like you guys are going to start a church she's like I don't know when two months later they start the church that was uh, that was hilarious we had to change the service time just so I could figure out how to come to both but anyway I had just taken this job and I was worship leading and just starting out learning how to do that um, at a church and he died on a Thursday and I didn't want to be anywhere else on Sunday uh, but just getting up there and leading because, and, I, and you'd be like, what? You want to go work? Listen, I'm just going to say this. If worship leading is work to you, if ministry is just work to you, and I get it, there's a lot of work involved. But if you think, if you think that it's just some task, if you think volunteering is just a task, do me a big favor and just don't do it. Don't do it. Just chill out, take a, take a seat, and check your heart until you can come back into it with some joy. Because... For me, this ain't work. I, this, I can go on and on, but I don't have time to. I didn't want to be anywhere else that Sunday but to worship. And I'm just going to tell you, in the midst of a very heartbreaking time, as beautiful as it was those last two weeks, he knew the Lord. He was a man of God. But it's tough to lose your dad to cancer at just shy of 70 or however old. I think he's 70. 
So, um, yeah, I got up there, I led, it was very emotional, and it was, I have to say, maybe the best worship experience I've ever had in my life. And I still remember that memorial service. It felt like, felt like heaven opened, you know? And we, as we gave God thanks, we didn't focus on how, how hard it was for us, although we grieved him, we, we grieved the loss of him. But man, the celebration and the praise in that place, it felt like heaven. That tiny little church at the foot of the hill where I grew up. There's something about, those, you know, Lou Engel, what does he say? Windows of the soul or something? Just these little, these opportunities in tough times where if you choose to praise, you choose to exalt God for who he is, that is an opportunity where you can touch heaven. And your heart, let me just tell you from experience, your heart will open up, rip wide open. Just rip open and just give God the very depths of you. That was an opportunity. I knew it that Sunday. I knew I would never get this chance again to give God worship and, and exalt him in the midst of losing my dad. That was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And there was something about it that just absolutely changed the way I worshiped. So, I want to move on from that because that's, there's kind of two parts to this message. Most messages should have like three parts or something. This one has two. Um, and hopefully I can get through them well. But I, I, I want to talk about how we take things for granted. It's a bit of a gear change. But there are certain things we grew up with. And for me, it was Christmas. Christmas was sort of just a constant. It was just there. I know this is cheesy, again, talking about Christmas. But here we are. It's only two days after. If you've already thrown out Christmas, you got rid of your Christmas tree, I pray for you. We, we need to just let that more smoothly transition to the new year. But... So we can talk about Christmas for a second, even though this is going to air in the new year, whatever. Um, there's things we take for granted. I take Christmas for granted. I'm just like, yeah, there's a tree. I'm good at going and getting a tree. But I, it turns out, I guess since we've had a son, which has been amazing, and he's doing awesome, by the way. Um, we love him, little Wes. But uh, it looks like I did marry Mrs. Claus. So she's sort of transformed. You know, it's like that... Uh, Tim Allen movie where Santa Claus falls off the house. Mrs. Claus must have fallen off of a house somewhere, and Amy put on her uh, clothing because she is now Mrs. Claus. We've made so many Christmas cookies. Most of you here have gotten the Christmas cookies. It's insane. We, and I come to find out, I need to be more festive. She had to, she had to call me out and say, hey, honey, you're not festive. You need to get jolly. You I, I, and I was like, what do I do to get jolly? She's like, you don't have any traditions. You, I mean, you have a tree and presents, but that's about it. I need you to wear jammies. I need, we need to watch every Hallmark. Do you know there are 1,400 Hallmark movies? I don't know if you're aware of that. Those things come out in, like, rapid speed. So there's 1,400 of them. We're going to watch one every day during, I guess, the month of December. And I love it. It's really fun. But I have to step up my game and not just take Christmas for granted and just let it wash over me. I've got to step up and be a dad who can create a great Christmas for my son who won't remember it. But anyway, um, hopefully you can look at the pictures and appreciate it. But, you know, there's a lot of things in our faith that we take for granted. We just, they just exist. They're just there. But I don't know if you've ever thought about how alien the concept is of worshiping a God in our culture. Have you thought about that recently? It's insane. Like, really, we should be checked into a mental hospital if we are not right. 
And I know that's a pretty edgy thing to say, but seriously, we are nuts if God is not real. And God is real enough in my life that I know I can worship him, I can exalt him, but he better be real to you. Let me tell you one thing that does not exist. It's all or nothing. Either God exists or he doesn't. And if he exists, the implications, it's all true. All of it's true. If he exists, it's all true. And that means the implications for your life are quite extensive. And that means the reality of who you are and the way you operate changes dramatically. So, let me tell you what doesn't exist. Middle ground. It doesn't exist. The the middle ground of apathy and lukewarmness that you find yourself sliding into, that you think you can just live in and just just camp out in and just live your life and let, let, well, yeah, no, God exists. I might lift my hands once in a while. Middle ground doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's either all or nothing. And I know that some of you might think that it's a little bit, it's a little bit out there, but think about it. If God is who he says he is, he's exalted above creation. He created everything. You literally were created to worship him. Just like this Psalm says, all the earth, worship him, praise him, shouts of joy. That's, that's, that's something for every single one of us in this room. God is emotive. He's filled with emotion. He's filled with, with holy love and, he, and hatred for sin and awesomeness and terror should overcome us just thinking about the concept of who God is. But instead, we're lukewarm. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a culture, there's a spiritual principality that is pulling on you. The spirit of this age is trying to pull out every bit, every essence of intensity, of expression, of heartfelt worship and adoration and love. It's trying to pull it out of you. Get your eyes off of God until he's just dim and distant. And Netflix and Facebook and Instagram and whatever else is going on is bigger than God. And the next thing you know, you can be louder at a football match. Praise flies in the face of everything our culture stands for. It's bizarre. It's backwards. Praise says one thing. God is so much greater than me, my thoughts, values, anything going on in my life, and anything anyone else thinks, that I'm going to express adoration and submission to him in a way that I do not ascribe to anyone else. And I listen, I get... Anybody who knows me will chuckle at this. I'm an all-or-nothing person. I've worked on it, and it doesn't change. It's just the way I am. Uh, so I get it. I'm biased to this. I still think the truth stands. I mean, seriously, I, I am most at ease when my foot is all the way down in the car. I try to reserve that. I mean, literally, my body relaxes, and I'm just like, this is where I belong. Just speeding. Just accelerating. And we thank God I drive a Mazda 3, not a Maserati. Because it would be nuts. I try to reserve it for on-ramps and appropriate places. But, uh, it's, you know, so I really am doing my best to take care of myself and not concern my family. But that's, that's my normal. That's the way everything in my life is on or off. So I understand I might be a little biased to this. But I believe this reality is real. He's either real or he's not. And if he's real, it's all true. 
and your life, the way that it looks, the way that you worship, the way that you spend your time, has eternal implications. You were cre- let, me just, let me just say, if you're wondering what you're here for, what are you doing, you're going to find purpose in simply worshiping and exalting. When is the last time that you exalted God in your own life and just said, God, I'm just going to exalt you in this circumstance. I'm not going to just sit on my bed and mope and be depressed. I'm going to take this moment and say, God, you're bigger. You're better. You're, this isn't a word, but you're gooder. You're better. You're gooder. You are so much above everything I'm going through. You're above 2020 and 2021. And listen, praise, I'm so thankful for the science that's going into making a vaccine. But, dude, as, as you look at the amount of work that it takes for us to try to fix something that went wrong, you know how little it took? A, a, like a bat or something? Like, this, so many things can go wrong in this world, and they will. The Bible promises more things are going to go wrong, so praise God for a vaccine, but who knows, something else could happen. You, if you are waiting for normal to come because of science, you're going to be really disappointed when other difficult things happen. And it is, it is amazing. I praise God for the fact that there is a vaccine to help bring an end to all of this mess with the, with the virus. But there are so many other things in your life that are going to throw you sideways. I forget where I was going with that. But anyway, um, middle ground. I, uh, this is, I'm going to try to wrap this up quickly because I have a lot of really thick notes. I'm just going to read kind of old school from my notes. Jonathan Edwards did it, and uh, it worked pretty good for him. He just sat there and read so I'm going to do that. What, what this really comes down to is the great battle in the West between our culture's two competing religions, and that is Christianity and New Age. Now, if you're not familiar, New Age, which is founded upon humanism, is this nebulous but universal religion, as we know it today, that was literally birthed just a few miles from here in a basement outside of Harvard as transcendentalism, a different name, but it's the same, it became the same thing. Those who created it were banned from even officially meeting on Harvard's campus. That's why they were in a basement. But within a couple of decades, they had transformed and mutated churches, the biggest churches in Harvard, into universalist churches that have no absolute truth, no single God, just the broad universe where anything and any idea goes. And that's the war, this is spiritual battle going on to keep you from exalting God. The world will tolerate your faith as long as you suppress your expression and do something useful for humanity. I want to repeat that. The world will tolerate your expression of faith as long as you suppress your emotion, your expression towards God as much as possible and just do something practical for humanity. You must not show affection, affection, lest you would remind them of the God they scorn, the lover of their souls that they cheated on, left for another. That memory hurts. It stings. It cannot be lived with. It must be silenced. You must be silenced. Your praise must be silenced. In our post-Christian society, every single time that you show affection or devotion to the God they left, it pricks their heart open again and pours salt in the wound. Because we know we left him. He did not leave us. We left because we wanted pleasure and lust and greed and everything else but him. When you worship in, with extravagance and you make yourself low so that he can be lifted up, you're a sign and a wonder 
to the powers of humanism and intellectualism in this city. The demonic doctrines of man's eminence that began just a few miles from here, that their days are numbered, and that one day every knee will bow before the preeminent one, and every unbelieving soul and demonic power will be judged and sentenced. That is the reality you remind them of. I say this almost every time I speak, but just remember this. Those of you who live here, just remember you live in the epicenter. You live in the birthplace of humanism. You live in a spiritual war zone, the very eye of the storm. If you don't feel like there's a battle, rest assured there is one. There's one over your very soul. That palpable self-awareness that you feel when you want to raise your hands, but you can't. When you want to sing, but your mouth won't open, it's the spirit of this age. You know your reputation is at stake, because if you did, it would change who you are. And that is who you are, and you don't know if you're ready for that. But I'm here to urge you that you are ready. This is the moment to leave behind your reputation. Either go on up or turn back. Do not falter. Run to him. You were created for this. And this is the catalyst where heaven looks on with bated breath, waiting to see what you will do, waiting to see if you will give your affection to God. And in the middle of your kitchen, drop to your knees and just worship. Daily life. When has that affected you the last? When is the last time in your home that you just lifted your hands and just said, God, here I am. I give you glory. I worship you. That's the kind of signal. You telling your boss that you're praying for them even though it could cost you your job. Giving the witness of Christ in a dark area, that's exalting Christ. When you make that decision, you start to worship God with your whole heart, expressing yourself to him, no matter what you may look like to others. There might even be people here in this room. I just am so blessed that Bethany shared out of the uh, story of Mary. Was it Mary Bethany or Mary Magdalene? I can't remember which. Bethany? Magdalene, okay, I did write it uh, correctly. Mary of Magdalene, who awkwardly and extravagantly broke open her life savings, her life savings, just so she could pour some oil on Jesus' feet and cry and wipe his feet with her hair. It was so awkward. That display of worship is an image of the way you and I were created to worship, were created to exalt and praise God. And when you do it, I don't know, if it looks like expression here in this room, maybe there will be some in this room who, with the same sort of spirit as the Pharisees, look on and they chatter and they talk about you and they have comments. I encourage you, let them talk. I hope there are none. I hope nobody does that here because it would be out of place for what kind of church we are. But it may happen. Let it happen. Worship God the way that you were created to. Worship God with expression, with emotion with those shouts of joy. So that's pretty much my message. If God is real, and he is, then he created you for communion and relationship and to exalt him. And until you're doing that, you're not doing what you were created to do. You won't be fulfilled. And I encourage you, get out of the middle ground. Because there's no middle ground. There is only a spirit of this age, a dark demonic power that is trying to suck the life out of you. Suck every bit of expression, every bit of love 
for Christ out of you with one thing or another or just simply that self-awareness that you feel around other people. Let it go. Let it go. You were created to do this. You were created to exalt Christ. I want to pray for us. Lord, there are no words I could speak that could get across heavenly realities, spiritual realities in a way that touch hearts. Only you can do that, Lord. God, I just ask this morning or now this afternoon, God, that you would create in us a new heart, one that can feel heavenly realities, Lord, one that can feel spiritual realities that is not dead any longer. Lord, I ask for those of us, Lord, that come and feel unworthy and unwelcome because of sin, Lord, that you would remind us of the way that David worshipped, coming before you no matter what he was going through and just letting it rip. God, I ask that you would rip off that facade from us and let us just throw ourselves before you. Lord, come before you into those gates of praise. Lord, with thanksgiving coming into your courts. God, I ask you, Lord, give us grace today to hear your word, not with our ears and not just understanding with our minds. But Lord, let it penetrate our heart. Let it change the way that we live. God, I ask you for this church, God, thanks that we lift our hands, Lord. Thank you that we have loud music, God. There's more than that. There's more than that, God. It's a heavenly reality. And Lord, I do ask you that heaven would come down in this place. Lord, that we would start to experience heavenly realities as we exalt you above humanism, as we exalt you above godless society that has turned its back and scorns you and tries to silence us. Lord, I ask you, give us boldness to exalt the name of Jesus in our lives, Lord, every moment. And Lord, coming into this place, give us the boldness to express with abandon our love for you and our exaltation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.